And so one of the ways that you can shrink the difference when you're competing against that lower rate is you can say, look, I calculated for you the difference on that $500,000 is $10 a month. So what I'm comparing here is a rate of, you know, a $500,000 mortgage, 2.04 versus 2.09. And the difference is $10 a month. So Mr. Customer, the difference in these mortgages are $10 a month. And as I've stated, here's all the other benefits of this mortgage. It's literally two lattes a month. You show how little it is. Now, tactic number two, if I was competing on the other side, so I'm like, hey, I'm actually the guy with the slightly lower rate. I'm going to say, hey, look, Mr. Customer, I know that it doesn't sound like much, 0.05%, but it's actually you know $2,907 over the five years, which is almost $3,000. So you see how it's the same information, but if I present it one way, I show the difference is the $10 a month. I present it the other way, and I show the difference is almost three grand. It goes, oh, okay, it's the same information. You just have to change the frame around it. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the Mortgage Brokering Podcast. Today, I'm continuing with my 10 Loans a Month series. This is a tactical podcast that we produce every single week. So you can check them out in the I Love Mortgage Brokering feed. Or if you want to go search the 10 Loans a Month in whatever podcast player you use, you'll find 40 plus episodes of these very short and tactical episodes. So I'm your host, Scott Peckford. And... I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Finmo. So Finmo is our title sponsor for our podcasts, and we're grateful to those guys. So I recently started a brokerage for new mortgage brokers. So this is for anybody that's, you know, the first couple of years in the mortgage business, and we bring them into our company and we help them get started. And we decided to work with Finmo because they have the easiest platform to use. It's quick. They got application. That's awesome. They got document collection, which is very smart. And then so now they have a submission ability. And we were thinking, especially with new agents, we wanted to train them on something that was easy so that it didn't get in the way of them being successful in their business. Because, you know, there's technology that you need to be successful in the mortgage business, but you shouldn't be tripping over. It should be supporting your business. So go check out Finmo. You can go to lendesk.com slash Finmo. Check out what they're up to. They're awesome. Today, I'm going to be talking about the framing effect and how our decisions are influenced by the way information is presented. So you can have equivalent information, but present it two different ways. And one of them is going to be far more appealing. And you can take it a step further where you can have you know two different options and you can make one more compelling based on the language you use for it. So it's very powerful. So let's jump into this series, what I'm calling the science of brokering, where we take a principle from social sciences or psychology, do a bit of a deep dive into that concept, look at some of the studies behind it, and then show you how you can apply this tactically into your mortgage business. And yeah, I'm a little bit nerdy, but I absolutely love this stuff. I love trying to understand human behavior. It's great to talk about, you know, in the lab, human behavior, but then on the street, how do we actually apply this to our business? So a couple quick examples of what I mean. So the framing effect, as I said, our decisions are influenced by the way information is presented. And so if you think of it this way, they use the analogy of a frame. So let's say you have a picture and you have a red frame around it. It's going to influence how you see the picture. It's going to bring with the reds. And if you change the frame to blue, it's going to bring out the blues. And so in communication, how we frame information is going to affect what people notice and what they highlight. And so a couple of quick examples of this, and I'm going to go into a little bit bigger study and then into the tactics. So studies have shown that comparing two things, let's say you have two titles that you can put on your product on the shelf. And one of them is 75% lean meat. And the other one is 25% fat meat. It's the exact same thing. It's literally the same product. If you present it as 75% lean meat, they're like, oh, I want that. But if you present it as 25% fat, they're like, I don't want that. But it's the same, right? It's kind of funny. Same thing is if you had two yogurt companies and one of them, you know, put their title 90% fat free and the other one was 10% fat. 
the one with 90% fat free will actually sell better, even though it's exactly the same, right? So it's kind of interesting how the presentation of that information, they've played with this even, the one is actually worse, but the other one's presented better and people will still choose the one that's presented better because it's called a heuristic. We make these mental shortcuts when we're looking at information with the framing effect. We tend to look for things that are positive. We want to avoid a loss as something that's important to us. And so there was a study done by Traversky and Kahneman, and they asked participants to decide on treatments of 600 people who had contracted a fatal disease. So option one was, hey, this would result in 400 deaths, 200 people would survive. And option B was there was a 33% chance that no one would die, and then a 66% chance that everyone would die. So there was option A was 200 people would for sure survive. Option B was there's a 33% chance that everybody would survive. So one of the things that they talk about with this is the 200 people that were for sure going to survive was better than a 33% chance that everybody was going to survive, right? And in the end, it was very interesting how framing of the information affects which options people choose. Okay, so the whole point of this is that the way that we present, the frame we put around the information that we're sharing can have a huge impact on whether people will accept it, whether they're going to agree with you. I remember when I was a paramedic before I was a mortgage broker, this was many years ago, we'd go to a situation where the police were involved and there was somebody who had some mental health issues and they didn't want to go to the hospital. And ultimately we couldn't make them go unless the police arrested them. And so here's the choice I'd give them. I'd give them a frame. I'd say, look, you have option one, you can go with the police. He's kind of pissed at you. Or option two, you can go with me and I'll take you to the hospital. But either way you have to go, right? And so what happens is they always came with me. I never had any issues with them because they just wanted to have a choice. And so I framed the same information going to the hospital in two different ways, but ultimately gave them a choice. And they chose to go with me versus the police officer who's not very happy with them right now. And it worked marvelously. So how do I apply this to my mortgage business? Like, this is great, Scott, I understand. I kind of get this idea of framing effect, but really, how's it going to help me in my mortgage business? So let me give you a couple of different tactics on this. And ultimately, the first thing you have to be aware of, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? And keep in mind, all communication has framing around it. You're not manipulating people. You already are applying frames. You just don't realize it, but you just have to become more aware of it. So tactic number one. So let's say you have a client and you're talking about, you know, your rate is 0.05% difference than a competitor. It's like, well, you know, I want that other rate. It's 0.5%. How come you can't give me that rate? And you're like, well, I could buy it down, but I don't really want to buy it down. And so one of the ways that you can shrink the difference when you're competing against that lower rate is you can say, look, I calculated for you the difference on that $500,000 is $10 a month. So what I'm comparing here is a rate of, you know, a $500,000 mortgage, 2.04 versus 2.09. And the difference is $10 a month. So Mr. Customer, the difference in these mortgages are $10 a month. And as I've stated, here's all the other benefits of this mortgage. It's literally two lattes a month. You show how little it is. Now, tactic number two, if I was competing on the other side, so I'm like, hey, I'm actually the guy with the slightly lower rate. I'm going to say, hey, look, Mr. Customer, I know that it doesn't sound like much, 0.05%, but it's actually you know $2,907 over the five years, which is almost $3,000. So you see how it's the same information, but if I present it one way, I show the difference is the $10 a month. I present it the other way, and I show the difference is almost three grand. It goes, oh, okay, it's the same information. You just have to change the frame around it. So that's the first thing. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. The second thing is that a loss is perceived as more significant than a gain. So we don't like losing things. As I mentioned before, you know, they would rather guarantee to save 200 patients than possibly save all patients because they don't want to have that loss. Right. And so there's a study done where there was an event coming up. Most PhD students were registered early. If they registered early, they would avoid a penalty for late registration. So think about this. So the event's coming up. Hey, if you register after this event, you have a penalty of X or the other way most people frame it is 
early bird price is this, afterwards it's the regular price. So when they did it that way, 93% of students registered early when it was framed as a penalty and only 67% registered early when it was presented as a discount. And it was the same pricing and everything. So the difference was just in the language. So you've got a huge bump in the number of sales. And as I think about this, I'm like, hey, when you do events and things, it would make sense if you're doing a paid event anyway, to actually call you know, this is the price. And then after that, you get a penalty for registering late, a late penalty fee. And you'd actually convert more people because people would, they hate a penalty or fee way more than they like the potential of a gain, right? I've been thinking about this a lot. And so the way that I kind of perceive this is, let's say you're talking about two mortgages. Mortgage option A has a rate of 2.09% and an early exit penalty of $20,000, right? Mortgage option B has a rate of 3.04% and an early exit penalty of up to $4,000. So what I'm doing here is I'm dollarizing the amount of the potential loss with mortgage option A versus B. Then if I go on to say, hey, and the difference in monthly payment is only $10 a month, you can see how, okay, wow, I'm trading a lot for that $10 a month. The thing to keep in mind there is a loss is perceived as more significant than a gain. And so first, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So think in mind of the frame you put around your information. Second, we always are loss aversion. You know, they say that people are seven times more likely to take action to avoid a loss than the equivalent gain. And then finally, the last kind of piece on this that I learned about studying this whole topic is that when they've done these information, a trusted expert can negate the effects of framing. So when somebody trusts you, even when the data says one thing, if we have a high level of trust, you know, you can take, say, certain information about medical treatments for cancer patients. And if one of them sounds worse, but if it's the one the doctor recommends, most people are going to do what the doctor recommends. So like, okay, you're the expert. I'm going to trust you, right? So why this matters in our mortgage business is we want to be known as a trusted expert. And so a perfect example of this is so Jim Chalukas is he'll compete against RBC and these other banks all the time. No trouble at all, because even if he's competing with this local branch, He's a trusted expert. People trust his opinion. So it's like, okay, I trust what Jim has to say. You know, and the way bankers have framed mortgage brokers, some of them anyway, is that bankers will say something like, hey, mortgage brokers are only for people who can't qualify at the bank. So what is the frame he's putting on that? He's putting a frame around, you don't want that. You're not those kind of people, right? Whereas a mortgage broker, and I know lots of mortgage brokers who used to be bankers, and when I asked them why they left the bank, they're like, the reason I left the bank is because I couldn't provide the same options. So you see, it's the same information, but each person's going to put their frame around it. And the level of trust that you have with the experts going to determine how much influence you put in that information. So here are three key things to think about when it comes to the framing effect. First, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So keep in mind how you put the frame around the information, especially dollarize you know, on the low side and expand on the other side when it makes sense on the high side. A loss is always perceived as more significant than a gain. So if you can show people the loss, hey, look, this mortgage has a penalty of $20,000, an exit penalty. This mortgage has an exit penalty of X, it's smaller. And then finally, a trusted expert can negate this to a large degree. And so you being the trusted expert, people are still going to listen to what you have to say, provided you are not sitting there just as an order taker. Hey, Mr. Customer, what do you want? You know, you want fries with that. Don't be that kind of mortgage broker. So thanks for checking this out. Hopefully you've been finding these interesting. I know I love diving into the whole science behind this and then trying to understand how do we apply that science to the tactics of our business. Check out the other podcasts, the 10 loans a month podcast that we have. If you're like, hey man, Scott, how can you help me in my mortgage business? There's two real ways. First, if you're doing over $100,000 a year, between 100 and 600 in mortgages, we have an academy with some amazing coaches that can help you scale your business. Go check out 10loansamonth.com. If you were doing less than $100,000, go to get10funded.com. We have a rookie agent roadmap that we run and we teach you about what you need to do in order to get your business to the next level. And we also have a whole bunch of options for you there as well. So check out those two things. Thanks again for checking out this episode. Send me an email if this has been helpful. I appreciate hearing from you guys and yeah, keep rocking it. 
This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.